Good evening. You're listening to Three Moves Ahead. I am your host for this week, Len, and I am joined by our friend, freelance writer, Sin Vega. Hello. And we're here to talk about Starship Troopers uh, Terran Command, the recent um, RTS. I think it's the first like licensed Starship Troopers game in a long time, I want to say. Um, from Yes, I I believe that the last one was about twenty years ago, but um, wow. I must admit I I may have missed one. Oh no, actually there was a there was an FPS in the mid two thousands which I didn't even know about, and there was a strategy game around two thousand or so, which I've seen the footage of, and actually looks quite interesting. But it was very different to the the recent one. So. Yeah, I think I played some of that way back in the day because I was big into Starship Troopers around the time that the the first movie came out. Um, it it looked quite neat, like yeah. um, you know, for for its age. It's obviously, I mean, it looked quite good for its age, but also I like the. It seemed like a more of a kind of um, not quite the right word, more of an adventure thing where you're focusing on a specific squad and leading them around, whereas Terran Command is the the kind of uh, the general right. up in the sky. Right, they did try to kind of do. There was that one mission that they tried to sort of do more of like a small commando squad thing. Hmm. Um, There's a. Yeah, there's a few of those actually. If yeah. I remember. But um, um well, yeah, sorry. But yeah, what is uh let's we'll just start with what is uh what is Terran Command and what kind of sets it apart from your typical basecraft style RTS? That's a good question. Um first of all, there's there's really I would say almost no base building. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean fr- frankly, there's not really any base building. Technically there is, but the only things you build are in preset places. And they don't actually do anything. They're really just like select which uh, building to place. And each building just lets you recruit different types of units. But they don't actually, when you recruit a unit, it doesn't come from those buildings. They call common dropships. So it really is just functionally these buildings just unlock things. That's all they do. They sit in one spot. They can't even be directly attacked. So um, basically, you've just got your units and it's focused entirely on your units. Um, Another thing really is that losses don't really matter you don't have um you don't really have resources in that you don't have to spend things to buy troops you kind of have uh, an allotment and if let's say you you get a i can't remember the name of it but they're a uh, that's a bit embarrassing can't remember the name they give you points essentially at like war support or something like yeah, that. yeah supply is like the basic one that's and the then one. war support is the special kind of higher tier stuff yeah yes yeah, so war support is how you it lets you build Buildings and turrets, mm-hmm. and some some of the advanced units. Uh, but most of what you recruit will be uh, supplies, which you can c- collect around about the map. But it's like one or it's there's only like three or four about the map. It's not like a Starcraft or a Command and Conquer where you're mining. You just get a set amount that expands your capacity. But if you buy, uh, if you recruit, say, some troopers for I don't know three supplies, if they die, you get the supplies back, and you can call more in. So it's more about you you decide what what uh, where you allot those resources like what your the organization of your troops is but it doesn't matter if they all die you can literally lose everyone right. and just call more in yeah yeah and i think in your review you described it as being more of a capacity than a traditional mm-hmm. you know like resource expenditure uh which i felt kind of made a lot of the early level earlier levels feel kind of too easy um, because there are a lot of, I would say probably the first 10 missions, if you just keep building riflemen and attack, moving them across the map, you'll, you'll probably win eventually. Like <laughs> if you just send them in in big batches, which is kind of appropriate for starship troopers. I mean, that's, yeah, 
that's that's some... that's a th- yeah. Sorry, I was just agreeing with you. That's the thing. It's yeah. it's it's strange and it's easy to criticize, but also it does kind of make sense. And there is there is a benefit to like you might think, well, why not just attrition it? Just keep attacking and attacking and attacking. Well, there's there are bottlenecks on your ability to do that. You can only um, drop so many troopers off at a time because your dropships need time to like right. recharge. And the second thing is that, well, if your troops survive long enough, they get enough kills, which may not be very long, especially if they're you know, at the front line of a wave, they can they get a, a special skill um, depending on their troop type. Some of those skills are a bit useless, but some of them are really, really handy. So you want to keep some of your troops alive. And if your troop is partially depleted, so you've got... Um, so your your riflemen come in, I think groups of eight or ten, mm-hmm. and it you you control them as a singular unit, but they are individual figures. And as those figures die, the unit gets weaker. But you can reinforce, and they retain their experience if you do that. So there is some incentive to keep them alive, so that you can get access to those skills. Right. Yeah. And I kind of wish they had gone a little bit further than that with that. Like maybe the veterancy system would maybe have like three or four levels versus two, because then I would really feel bad about, you know, losing experienced troops. Whereas getting, getting level zero up to a level two is like, yeah, you can, you can kind of just, you know, park them by a bug nest and they'll get mm. a fair bit of experience. Um, but yeah, the second half is really where I think it got more interesting where, mm-hmm. um, you know, having veterans really matters and having the right mix of troops really matters because there's that one level that's like that that urban level where you're having to defend the refugee camp while Mm -hmm. also going out and taking out um all the bug nests that was my favorite level because it's really very much about how little can i get away with spending (laughs) without losing this main base up at the top Mm. uh and then you know using that as a trade-off with getting more offensive power because those nests are really tough uh, to Mm -hmm. take out. And you have to really start thinking about, you know, um, mixing in like more missile troopers and and, um, uh, to take out some of the bigger like ranged enemies. Mm. Um, I guess for like a very basic overview for somebody who, who hasn't played it or hasn't watched any trailers at all, um, it's it's a squad based RTS. You're going out and fighting bugs, which are they generally have an advantage in numbers and mobility. Um, mm. Most of them are melee troops. They do start bringing more ranged troops um, later on. Uh, but the other big difference here, I think, other than the, the sort of capacity system, is that um, it's it's a game that's all about fields of fire and like creating effective overlapping fields of fire because you're most of your units actually block each other from shooting unless the one behind is on like a higher piece of terrain or something, Um, which created some pretty interesting puzzles. I think where, you know, you have this arena and there's going to be a huge wave of bugs with all kinds of special enemies. And you've got to figure out where can I put my guys that will, they will do the maximum amount of damage to this un- incoming wave. Um, this- yeah, that's that, that definitely defines it even more than the other things, actually, because right. th- it doesn't seem to at first, it just seems like an annoyance, but you realise, particularly as the, your forces, you're trying to get bigger armies and the mm-hmm. threats against you get more advanced. And as you said, in the later levels in particular, the, it, the missions are tougher and a bit more interesting, but it's not just about, well, you know, which which troops have I got? But it's like, well, like, where can I put this troop? If I bring in some Mark II troopers, where do I put them? What can they actually do? Because you could just think, there's no, 
there's a limit to what you can do with riflemen, even though they remain useful throughout the game. But if you've got seven of them, but you've only got room for three of them to shoot, then they're all going to die because right. that's that's that. And that actually, it sounds like a small point, but it makes quite a big difference. And it means you're thinking about formations and and approaches in a different way. Then you can't really just blob because as your troops are moving, they'll all run into each other and only half of them can shoot and they'll all die and... You really have to kind of advance a front line, almost like um, almost like trench warfare, really. You know, you gain a little bit, you push up, you you fight off the wave, and then you push up and you repeat. But the landscape, and then as you're exposed to different avenues of attack, they change. You can't just stick to the same singular formation throughout because there's not enough space, or because suddenly you've got a flank now that you've got to think about and you've got to reorganize. And it really does change the way you're moving around the map. Yeah, yeah. One thing that that like I eventually figured out on some of the bigger like desert maps later on is uh, some of those nests you can't really like approach them head on, um, effectively. And but there's also I never quite understood this, but there's some sort of a mechanic where if you have troops close to the nest, I think that they spawn units faster, which lets you empty them out faster. Yeah, I think they've got like a kind of reserve that's yeah. just defensive only. And if you stand right outside, then they just they just shunt everyone out, and you you need them to do that so that you right. can empty the nest. Yeah, it's a bit um, there. It's a bit fiddly, and I did find sometimes I'd empty the hive, and I'd there seems to be I would hesitate to call it a bug, but it seemed a little bit glitchy sometimes. And you you send troopers in, they take ages getting in there, and by the time they've gone in. The hive is replenished, and then suddenly your 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 guys get massacred. But that feels like a kind of a, a buggy issue that will probably get patched out if it hasn't already. So yeah, I think in this again, this is a classic like three uh, ma nitpicking minutia moment. The, yes. They they tell you at the beginning that like when you send guys into a hive to clear out the bugs, that they're going to take casualties. But it seemed like usually that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It feels like you. It, unless sorry, that bar yeah unless that bar fills back up while they're inside there or weirdly i found the power armor infantry who are supposed to be especially like elite mm-hmm. always take casualties when i send them into a hive <laughs> like they're the one okay. unit type that would always take losses when i felt like every squad was supposed to do that mm-hmm. but i don't know uh, but their big strength was mobility so maybe that's intentional right? you put them in a narrow but um, but it's it's yeah, it may well just be some kind of glitchiness or yeah. something number that needs to be tweaked. I can't. Remember, I think I used to send engineers in sometimes. That was surprisingly effective. Um, and it might just be because they're smaller. There's three in a troop of engineers rather than seven or eight, so they just get in there quicker. But um, yeah, it's it's it, there's a little bit of strange behaviour around getting inside the hives, and on some levels, it's you, you particularly later on, you reach the point where you're standing waiting for the hive to deplete, but the hives. When you're attacking hives, they don't just attack from that entrance. They also come out of tunnels that are sometimes a little bit away from the, the entrance. So you'll, you've got to try and you can't just stand outside the hive and kill everything that comes out. You need to watch your back as well. So you can get really you can get really overwhelmed in those situations. Even though you're right at the gate, it, it doesn't really let up. It's quite constant pressure, which I think fits the, the nature of the bugs as an enemy quite well. But it does get a bit frustrating at times. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed overall with how they could kind of take this concept of like this endless horde of, for the most part, melee enemies um, mm. against like 
you know, most of your squads do kind of boil down to different varieties of riflemen. There's a couple Mm -hmm. exceptions to that and still create some pretty like tactically varied gameplay around that, um, just with how they position the hives and how they do the height map on the levels. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't see up onto high ground uh, like in many other RTSs if you don't have somebody up there. Um, if you have a high ground advantage, you can basically double your damage because you can have if you get really fiddly with it, sometimes you can triple your damage because you could have one guy up high, one guy mm-hmm. down low and one guy on the ramp and it will recognize mm-hmm. that yeah. as three different fields of fire if you if you can really, really micro it. Mm-hmm. Um and then you get the Mark II troopers who you don't who can't really stand up on the front line, but they're uh-huh. excellent in support and they can fire over friendly troopers. So they, I like that about it. Like the Mark II trooper doesn't doesn't obsolete right. the regular ones. They they complement each other extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Your your basic riflemen stay useful pretty much throughout the the campaign, which mm. is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I always always had two or three of them minimum because they yeah they they can do anything like they will get overwhelmed by a lot of things but they can handle any basic threats and those basic threats never go away and most of the th- other threats that they can't handle well they can if they've got a bit of support you give them an engineer you give them a sniper you give them some Mark II troopers the big well you might have to have a whole conversation about it, but the, the big problem ones were the special enemies that like were very long range and very tough in particular the scorpions who yeah. were playing in the hole. Yeah, scorpions, the scorpions, and then like the um, the plasma bugs, and then like, mm-hmm. what are the smaller ones that leave like the the little tiny circle of fire? Like, they're, I think they're grenadiers. They're, they're, grenadiers. they're like mini plasma. Are they? Yeah, they do so much damage that if you're not mm-hmm. paying attention, you can lose your entire army in like yeah. two seconds. Um, if they get if they get hit by a scorpion, they will you will lose a unit. That's that's yeah. it. They're uh-huh. gone. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it does translate into this being a very very micro heavy game. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, it's probably one of the most micro heavy RTSs I've played in a while. Uh, just because positioning matters so much. There's so many like, oh, you got to dodge this circle of plasma, or you will mm. you will just die. you'll lose your whole army basically. Um, and. Uh, yeah, it, the, I found myself doing a lot of like move and fire type drills where it's like, OK, I can't move everybody at once because we need to maintain at least some damage on the bugs or they're mm-hmm. going to overwhelm us. But this guy is in a really bad spot, so I've got to get him over here. Um, So I would I would move one unit to where I wanted them to be and then I would move one more and then move one more <laughs> until yeah. I had you know so i'm not set because they'll they will just stop shooting while they move there is no move yeah. you know they can't the only exception that's funnily enough that's why i found when yeah. for the last few levels you get access to mechs and it wasn't so much their firepower that was useful uh-huh. whatever it was it's the fact that they can move and fire that was incredibly useful because you can just advance them and everyone else can chase them whereas with as you said with anyone else it's like you've got to do that two by two cover formation thing otherwise mm-hmm. they're you just you just got to keep everyone firing as often as possible and as you said then you get those threats like the scorpions or the plasma bugs who they exist to break up your formation that's their purpose i mean mm-hmm. they do horrible damage but in avoiding that damage they also cause disruption to your to your lines so you've got to a you've got to move their targets out of the way so you've got to get that rifle off the front line which means they're not shooting anyone b you need to move a rocket person up to start shooting at them and 
because there's no other way. To, I mean, that's that's a, uh, probably the only issue I had with it in terms of balancing. Really, was that the scorpions specifically only really had one counter, and that was like bring four or five rocket men, no matter what. Yeah, uh-huh. that's. I eventually just adapted to having four rocket squads on mm. keyed, and their whole job was just alpha strike to mm-hmm. kill a scorpion in one hit. That was yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's one yeah. thing that did for. And similarly with the, the spitters, who are as you know, they're very long range sniper units, who are surprisingly powerful, but they're very vulnerable to snipers, which mm-hmm. is great because that's really the only thing snipers are particularly good at. But they don't. You can't leave them a standing order. Like they don't prioritize very effectively. So you have to constantly remind them. No, no, no. Ignore those guys. The troopers can deal with them. You need to snipe. Get this by spitters. And I had a similar problem with summer levels with the scorpions, where I had enough rockets, but they kept firing at low level threats. And yeah, there is a function where you can tell you need to hold fire, but that's then you've got the opposite problem. They're not shooting at anyone. So it ties into the micromanagement thing. And I don't want to say it's a problem per se, because I think some degree of micromanagement is what appeals to a lot of people about the genre, but it certainly felt frustrating at times that I had to keep reminding them, stop shooting at the bugs, shoot at the scorpions, you know. Yeah, like- there's sort of a breakdown in logic with, even with just like the basic rifleman, where um, one thing that I ran into a lot that is is just sort of like my, my main gripe with the AI in this game, other than some weird pathfinding, is that like mm. if you give a unit a specific order to target something that they can't get to, they kind of just like go to sleep and Mm. there could be bugs rushing directly at them and they won't return fire. They'll just stand there and get killed. And it's like, I kind of feel like, you know, in the universe of Starship Troopers, it would make more sense if these, you know, these, these basic riflemen right out of boot camp or whatever, if there's a bug within a certain distance of them, they should just start shooting at it. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what they would do. They wouldn't be like, "Well, you told us to hit that hive, and uh, we can't get over there right now. Um, Let's kill some bugs. <laughs> we're gonna follow your order to the letter and uh, not do anything and die." Yeah. Is, is what they end up doing, uh, which is yeah, kind of funny. It's, but it's uh, funny because given left to their own devices, yeah, they will just shoot at anything in range, and it's like they are they are going to be firing constantly, which is it's weird that it feels kind of nice like to just have that yeah. constantly firing front like it just it does feel very starship troopers they don't they don't panic like they do in the film um which i'm fine with because that would just get annoying but they are just just they are there to shoot bugs they they will do that non-stop until the day they die they don't care about anything else yeah well it kind of it highlights i think some of the like wonderful ridiculousness of at least of the film setting mm. which is what this is mostly based on which is like I got to a point where I was kind of thinking about it tactically and I'm like, yeah, this is like a terrible doctrine for this situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the fact that we're just sending waves and waves of just like people with assault rifles down here yeah. to fight, fight these giant bug hordes. I was like, yeah, that's kind of the point, though. Like <laughs> that was, mm. you know, that was very, I think, deliberate on the Federation's part. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this, so, there's almost yeah. there's almost no air support. You need special units to get air support. Right. Discounting mm-hmm. the, 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 the carrier, not carriers, and the shuttles that drop off your troops, but they're on up. There's, I think there's a radar operator. They give you like a little kind of defensive um gunship which I, I think i'd never actually recruited one of those after the first mission they appear in and then you get a late on you can get a, a single fleet support unit who can call in an airstrike which 
frankly, isn't very effective. It's very small, and it doesn't kill yeah, the big threats. It's so not. I, it's not very good, and the fleet liaison is armed with a pistol. So if you don't micro them individually, they will run out ahead of your rifleman and just get killed. So it's mm-hmm. yet another micro yeah. thing to keep track of. I think I forget as well that they yeah. they they can those fleet liaison they can get upgrade and upgrade like everyone else but mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever had any of them kill more than like two bugs because like right. you said the range is so short that they're they, they don't they're not gonna they're not gonna win a fight so but yeah right. um yeah the, but the, the, in terms of what you've got yeah you it is it does it is ridiculous if you examine it critically like as a strategy that what they're doing is nonsense but that does fit with well the federation doesn't really care as long as they're in control. And this is something that actually... Um, let's talk about the plot a bit. It, yeah. It's clear that the the game, Turn Command, gets the films. It gets the idea of the satire. This is right. you know, a bad fascist government. Early on, you've got missions where your government... Uh, your job is to clear out hives, and you've got the government sending miners into these mines that you still haven't cleared yet, and they don't care. You know, It's like, oh, well, the miners are dead. Well, you better kill some more bugs. And it's just like... It's clear this is we are the bad guys. There's no question, and there's like talk of a like a mining union, and there's the whole the whole campaign is set on I think Qualasha, which is like, in, like an industry planet, a mining planet, mm-hmm. and every other every other mission starts with the, the the kind of propaganda reel about oh the bold industrial people of Qualasha they love it here they're all volunteering to get into the mines and it's <laughs> they get it you know they absolutely yeah. get the, the tone of the film yeah there's a whole mission where you have to like. You, you arrest a union leader and have to defend mm. the TV station while he's executed. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was friend. fantastic. Yeah. That was fantastic, and I was I, I was um I was a bit disappointed that 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 didn't go any further. Um, I don't think it's a problem because I think what's the they focused on the the, the game itself, you know, the, right. the, the shooting and the tactics. But I feel like that's what ultimately keeps me from saying this is an amazing game is that i wish that they'd committed a bit more to that i was i was always expecting like a rebellion subplot yeah but um but having said that then you might end up where it's just you shooting humans and then it kind of defeats the point of the game so i don't know yeah like i guess minor spoilers here but mm. it's it kind of reminds me of the best warhammer 40,000 stories where it's very clear that like the Imperium are bad, <laughs> but there's like sometimes good people trying to do good things within this horrible mm. superstructure. There's there's some characters that come along that, you know, are like willing to defy orders or they're just like, oh, you know, I'm I don't want to be a part of this or whatever. Um, mm. And that didn't really didn't really end up paying off all the, it's a very straightforward story like it's it's you go to the bug planet and you beat the bugs and the you know there's not like a, a big big like um it's it's not gonna throw anything like groundbreaking at you story-wise um and uh yeah i i did i did kind of i did kind of wish it, it had gone further with that as well um uh, the, some of the characters are kind of cool and memorable, like your original commanding officer mm-hmm. who, who kind of uh gets in trouble uh, was was kind of a cool character, and that he kind of recognizes that oh, this whole show trial is not, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't what I signed up for or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And I did. I think the peak of that. Oh, actually, not him. I can't remember what his reaction to was, but I remember. I think the bit where I was kind of on board with the plot, although again, it didn't really 
developed might be on that was that level you talked about where you're defending the tv studio where the the, the mining union guy is being executed mm-hmm. during that part while the bugs are attacking you're asked you're taken away from the like defending the base to to kill like to to, to gun down some revolting prisoners and it's like they they literally take you away from the front lines to do that it's ridiculous and it's like yeah, yeah uh-huh. this this is their this is their priority it's controlling the people here even if the bugs win it's like well that's not good but they yeah. you feel like the federation would prefer the bugs taking the planet to the miners taking the planet right because they can use that for propaganda and get more yeah, people yeah. in uniforms and stuff yeah Hmm. Um, yeah, it it did. This thing, it's not. It didn't. Wasn't lacking them. Like I wouldn't say it was bad, but yeah, it needed more of stuff like that in the second half because, as you said, it's very, it's 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 pretty straightforward after that point. It's there's no they don't need twists or anything, but there's there's nothing really, nothing much going on beyond the very bare bones. Kill the bugs. Oh, look at us! I'm having some misgivings about the situation and that doesn't really go anywhere it, it has it has a payoff and there's a kind of um, nod to the first film in there which is like yeah i smile about that's okay yeah. i see what you're doing but it it was never more than just a kind of a smile of recognition it didn't really engage beyond that right it's like it's it's a little treat for if you are a fan of the movie and it's not it, like if you hadn't watched the movie i don't know that that would even really hmm. resonate to you at all <laughs> As, as you know yeah even, it, it might, you know. might feel a little bit strange actually if you hadn't yeah. seen the film i mean they do bring in um i think maybe like the last last half or the last third they kind of bring in that guy who's like the the psychic who's sort of like oh, a yeah. very direct like s he's an ss officer but mm-hmm. like very you know on the nose sort of thing um and and that that Kind of, there's there's kind of a payoff with that storyline mm. as well that was you know there was a little, little bit of snark between him and your your new commander which was good it never yeah. went over the top it was just there was a little bit of tension there which reflects yeah. the third third film in particular actually there's that kind of into which is it's a minor subplot but actually there's a bit that is something that comes up in the third film because they're definitely based on the first and third films now the second one is terrible and the, the yeah. game doesn't really take from that but the third film has like um has basically a subplot about a uh, like a religious faction coming into the federation and um the game i think kind of mimics that um a little bit with the what's it the mining union it's not a one for one thing but there's a bit in the third film where the a leader of the religious faction the anti-war faction is you know used as a scapegoat for everything else that's going on and yeah and it, there were there were just nods here and there to the films that were fine oh good i recognize them i appreciate them but it did definitely need something of its own, I think, is what I wanted. It's just like just a little spark of his our take on the the Federation or on, you know, what would happen if, you know, there was a mining union on this planet. Just just to just to push it a bit more f- to the forefront. But Yeah, yeah. Um and it there is there is like a fair bit of like I guess I would call Starship Troopers expanded universe stuff. Like I think the Marauders mm. The big mechs are actually from one of the animated, the CG animated movies. They're in the third film as well. In fact, oh, are one they? Of their, yeah, one of their powers is that you get a when you get a, the mechs. There's three different kinds. It's just different weapons. Their upgrades. Uh, you can give them. Uh, it's like an artillery attack, and then the 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 other alternative is like a an area burst. That's directly from the third film. There's like a charge up your engines and then just blast everything around you type attack. 
um, which frankly I never found any use. Like um, I'd much rather have the artillery because that lets you shoot stuff from very far away. Right, so. which becomes very, very useful. I ended up like not using those guys so much just because the pathfinding. For one thing, you only get to play with them in I think three missions or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the big... Yeah. The, the, the main reason they're useful is they can shoot and move, but also you can repair them with engineers so they can stay right. on the front lines, so they don't need to be reinforced. Yeah, they're kind then, of they're kind of like mm-hmm. the ultimate tank unit if you if you're mm-hmm. careful with them. Yeah, but uh, the trouble is though when you when one of them goes down, then it's like ah, that's like the linchpin <laughs> of your front line is just just gone now. Yeah, so, uh, right. And then um, I I really liked that they included the power armor infantry mm. uh, as well, yeah. which I don't know if they ever do show up in the films, but in the books that's uh, the the book singular actually that's a pretty big deal mm. is the the mobile infantry are kind of these almost prototype yeah. space marines <laughs> oh yeah absolutely. very directly I, prototype space marines honestly yeah. as i understand it in the book there's like you just one of them is an army onto himself so you just send one of them in and that's that's that battle done here it's yeah. more like well they're just they're very they've got no real weakness they're fast they can shoot um that, that's probably their main advantage actually is that they just they're very very quick but they're fast they hit quite hard their upgrades kind of they're actually quite unique in that their upgrades kind of drive them into different niches so mm-hmm. one one upgrade is a machine gun so they're good against like the up the regular the kind of tier two bugs the um uh the tiger bugs and then there's the ones that give you the rockets and there's the one that becomes an engineer and yeah they, they were fun they were just like a yeah they were like kind of your ultimate unit in a way because they could do everything much much more than everyone than the, the riflemen they weren't quite as tough as the mechs, but they were like twenty times as fast. So, yeah, yeah. The one I think the like the balance with them is that they actually cost war support, which most mm-hmm. most of your other, all of your other infantry doesn't. I think it's only marauders and um, power armor troops that cost war support. So you're trading off flexibility mm-hmm. because you're going to have less. Well, for one thing, more supports also used for turrets, which are pretty important on some yeah, missions. Yeah. But also it's, you know, used for those buildings that unlock units. So mm. you're going to be making do with fewer units, fewer unit types, the more you commit to power armor. That's mm. um, something yeah. that I, I did like is the way on each map, actually, you had it wasn't just a case of the bugs would add to more and more to their force. Mm-hmm. They did that, but it was more like the, the different special types of bug would kind of pop in and pop out on a level by level basis. So one map would have loads of spitters, and the next one would have uh, lots of scorpions, and you wouldn't often see them all together. So you had to kind of react to that. So you com- you didn't always bring the same army every time. You had to react to what was on the battlefield, and the the mm-hmm. war support thing and actually helps define that a little bit further because sometimes you couldn't build enough to unlock every type of unit so you had to think about which type you wanted this time which yeah that that's one of the trade-offs of the power armor guys is it well if you get them then you might not be able to afford uh i don't know say the 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 fleet officer or something uh, maybe the radar guys yeah i got to a point where i was i was really finely micromanaging that on some levels like i would get Mm. an engineer um just to build turrets and i would build yeah i would build the turrets and then i would send that engineer off to die and get rid of that building <laughs> so that i could have more of something else um because on on some of the bigger open maps engine like they're really good at holding corridors because they can slow down 
mm. all the bugs in front of them significantly. But on some of those big open desert maps, I just found engineers weren't that useful in a frontline fight. Mm, um, they were too vulnerable. And yeah. where you could have them, in theory, like mixed in with the infantry, you're probably better off with more infantry. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, the Pulse Troopers, though. Is it just yeah. me or the Pulse mm-hmm. Troopers are incredible? They, they, the only downside to them is they're short range. They are just anything that comes close to them gets destroyed. They were great. Right. Yeah. I would usually have them like at the very front and then I'd have mm-hmm. heavy troopers behind them and then ideally regular riflemen on the high ground mm-hmm. behind them to kind of start start the damage hose off at a longer range, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, they were ex- They were really good yeah. for flanks as well. Just like sit one on the flank. Mm-hmm. Anything that comes through there gets destroyed. Like, And funnily enough, they're the other... I realized that one of the there's a few missions where you have no reinforcements, no base. You have the, the kind of um, you know clear out of this this nest of tunnels. Like in Starcraft, you get you know instead of base building, you've got Jim Rayner and three other units, right. and you've got a you had a similar thing in this where you had a, just like a handful of units, and you had no choice over which ones you got. You just had to do this mission. And there's one where you don't have any rockets, and you come across a scorpion, and I was. Yep. yelling at myself how are you <laughs> how am i supposed to and then i realized the the pulse troopers they can just kamikaze like they've got their special power that they start with is one that like triples their damage output but only for about i think 10 seconds and after mm-hmm. that they're defenseless and so it's like it's very much just run them at the scorpion unload with that special power and if they're still standing they're they're gonna die but you know they, they probably <laughs> took down the scorpion so yeah, yeah, I know exactly which hallway you're talking about because that was. <laughs> I think I had the exact same reaction to that. Like, really, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would rather fight the tanker. The tanker bugs are very rare, actually, but they're quite. I mean, you, they're quite easy to deal with because they're so slow. You can just give them the run around. But yeah, those damn scorpions. But I, I did love the post troopers. They were great. Um, yeah, yeah. There's. Um, Again, there's like so much variety just in terms of guys with rifles that they mm-hmm. managed to create different niches for not just with the different troop types, but even yeah, then with the, the upgrades. Um then I was I was fairly impressed by that that, that um they didn't need to they didn't need to get too weird with it. It was just like, okay, mm. these guys are short range high damage, these guys mm. are medium range armor piercing, and you can specialize them in one of two different ways, and then these are your just basic you know basic mm. dudes um and they 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 all remain useful i'd say the only ones that i never used were the the radio operators which i genuinely forget what they could do their their main thing is that you can reinforce like they can call in reinforcements where they're standing but once you get the fleet liaison she can do that as well so they became redundant to me but it yeah, may that- just be that i i that's just i didn't find the use for them because i just didn't find it but um I used them on some maps because I didn't want to build the building that unlocks the fleet liaison. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Uh, they they were they're a little bit easier to get hold of, but uh, mm. yeah, that that <clears throat> I found to be actually really critical on uh, on some of the urban maps was just the ability to keep calling in reinforcements mm-hmm. right at the front and like this guy's damaged. I'm gonna run them to the back, call in a drop ship. By yeah. then, the guys that were behind them are now dying, so I'm going to pull them back yeah. and call in a dropship. Well, that's that's yeah. the thing, like the whole thing yeah. about reinforcing and the downside. Even if you reinforce, it's like, yeah, you're calling people off the front line, so you do have that that it, that pressure going back to that thing of, well, what, who cares if you can just replenish your units? But yeah, you need you need to keep the 
the front line intact because if you don't, you know, they're, they're bugs, they'll overwhelm you. So, but um, one thing, they did, I didn't even realize this until I'd almost finished the game, but you know, when one of the skills of the fleet person or the radar things, they can call down the little circle to call down reinforcements. Did you know you can just click on them directly? So, if you click on a unit that needs reinforcing and then click the reinforce button, you can just click directly on them to save you a bit of micromanagement. No, I didn't realize that. This is <laughs> it's, really useful. It's a really cool detail. And if you uh, haven't played the game, it's meaningless. But if you have, when you realize you can do it, I think, oh, that saves me like four clicks. So <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really nice, actually. I, and that's uh, that's the kind of thing where there were issues around the UI. And in particular, I found clicking on specific units was weirdly unreliable at times. Um, yeah, I eventually figured out you have to click on the unit badge that's floating above them to yeah. get like a reliable selection. Because if you try to click on the guy's it might select a different unit or it might just select mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. That's where I that's where I had trouble with the micro is that is trying to... And the other thing as well, you can have the, the, the traditional RTS, like control three, four, five command groups, but you can only... Each unit can only be in one of those. So sometimes I'd want, you know, someone to be... I'd want like this rocket person to be part of these riflemen, but I also want them to be part of the rocket men. So... Yeah, you just a few more options around that would have been really useful, but I, I'm guessing maybe the engine or the way they set it up made it not possible. Yeah, the other thing that that I I feel like that they don't inf- emphasize enough that will completely, I think, revolutionize how the game plays for a lot of people is that um, just using attack move at all times. Yes, is really the way to go. That really um, should have been the default because yeah. it's yeah. Because otherwise they will just like run directly into a wall there's, of bugs and die. Yeah, trying, there's, I, yeah. There's almost never a situation where you want them to to ignore a unit that they see mm-hmm. while they're moving because if they do, they'll get attacked by it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's I, I I called the the first half of the campaign. I called it Attack Move Simulator twenty twenty two because that's that's really the way to win. Like the first ten missions is just yeah. a move and try to try to pick your fights in places where there's enough space to have those overlapping fields of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I, t- I could get around the unit respawning rules by I would send a sniper in close to the nest to spawn the next wave. And then use his little runaway really fast thing to draw yeah. them into my my field yeah. of fire. Um, so I, li- yeah. I I did find it cute that the sniper's main skill is just to run. Let's just have a little jog. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but that is hand. I did find them a bit. The snipers are very niche. Um, oh yeah. Like oh, there's a level oh, early on. This is probably the first point where I was getting really annoyed with the game. There's a level where the opening bit is it's showcasing what the sniper can do. You know, mm. here's a new unit, here's the special skills. But it came down to this is a stealth mission, and it's awful. The game does not suit this at all. No, and one of their skills is like throwing a flare that distracts units away, which in fine is fine in theory. But by the time I've done that, I could have just shot them. So there's there's really no point. Yeah, the the only time that's ever useful is when they make you do it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, and it'll never come up is, again. Yeah. yeah, that whole level is ridiculous as well because you're there to rescue someone or other, and um, uh-huh. yeah, they give you a couple of snipers, and you've got to go through this ridiculous charade of you know use special skills here, go here, click that, wait for the. 
and it's neat and all, but it kind of doesn't belong in the game. And then once you're up past that section, they give you an army. So I'm thinking, why didn't you just give me the army? Why did yeah. you? What? <laughs> there's there's that level, and then the level where they first introduced the power armor troopers, the knight level, where yeah. it's very heavy handed and like we want you to beat this level in this specific way, mm-hmm. and we have programmed in like some stupid rule breaking stuff that makes it so you can't beat it any other way. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever tried, but if you try to if you try to clear on on the, the level where you first get the power armor squads, mm-hmm. if you try to clear all the bug nests without capturing the, the, the calm towers, which theoretically you should be able to do, uh, mm. they'll just they'll respawn back to full because it's like, Ooh. no, that's no, 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 that's not what we want you to do. Ooh, I didn't realize you. Were. <laughs> yeah, I thought which, it was I thought it was just showcasing them, which is know. like, OK, it's their level. They're like they're a big yeah. thing. It's it's cool. And they're very flexible. So it does yeah. work. But all oh, that would have annoyed me. That would have really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, um, because eventually I got to the point because they can get that rocket upgrade where it's just like, mm-hmm. OK, we are now the antidote to everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you get enough uh, of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just sat by one of those bug nests up in the corner of the map and it just kept respawning units forever. Cuz it's like, no, you're supposed to go capture the radio towers. Bad tisk tisk. <laughs> uh you you can't beat the level this way. And I felt like the sniper mission was the same thing where it's like, mm. okay, I think I can take out this group of bugs. Um mm-hmm. if I'm very careful with my micro and with my range and with my field of fire, it's like, no. If you don't yeah. throw the if you don't throw throw the flare, they're just gonna come kill you. Um, I love so. the idea that like the, the bugs detect that you're not playing fair, so they come and kill you. Yeah, uh-huh. no, so, we yeah, agreed the, on this. <laughs> there were there were a couple little things like that where I was like, okay, uh, so, but uh, yeah, I I liked the campaign variety in the second half. I do feel like. The fact that it's just a campaign mm-hmm. was a little bit disappointing. Um, there are those like challenge scenarios that you can play they're, over and over to get a higher score, but they're quite tricky. But there, I think there are two of them. It's uh-huh. very um, and it's <sighs> this is why it's like this is yeah. kind of what I said when I reviewed it. It's like I I wanted a bit more, and it could have mm-hmm. been more in terms of plot and tone. But it also could have been more, just more levels, um, some kind of skirmish mode, maybe. Yeah. Um, even just another campaign. It doesn't have to be a mega long one. You're just another. another I don't think it's like desperate. I don't think it's like. But I wouldn't say this is absolutely too short, but it definitely could use more. I think if anything's gonna, if it's gonna suffer from anything, it just people are gonna say, "Well, I, I finished it in a weekend, and that's that." So, right. Yeah, it's like I, I I thought the campaign was like sufficient sufficiently chunky for a, an RTS mm-hmm. campaign. For me, it's like sort of a missed opportunity that even just having like some skirmish maps, like having three or four skirmish maps where you can have everything unlocked and kind of, mm. you know, you mentioned the bugs don't really they don't really use all of their tricks on any one given map until the very, very end. And likewise, you don't have access to all of your tools until the very, very end. Mm. And uh, just to be able to play some skirmish maps that that like just give you more freedom, like, OK, the bugs are going to throw everything at you and you have access to everything um, mm. would have been cool. Um, Even just some wildly unbalanced thing where you just get like a <laughs> check boxes of which bugs are present, you know, how many 
Even if you yeah. could just design ridiculous scenarios for yourself like this, you know, they will have 20 tankers and you've got no mechs, you know. Uh, think, it, it might not be possible, but give us give us that, that playground to see what we can do just for fun. Yeah, and I think, like, co-op would have been cool, like multiplayer mm. where one play, player could maybe play as the bugs would be cool. Mm. Um, I don't know. You would probably have to design new economy mechanics for them. Yeah, uh, in I, terms of I, like I, which which hives you want to level up and which hives you want to you know where you want to mm, base your I would forces out of it. I would definitely play a Starship Troopers game, or definitely very interesting game where you are just the bugs and it's like yeah, kill these Federation bastards. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I think in an RTS in particular, that could kind of take away a bit of their not mystery, but it could kind of make them feel a bit too. I don't know, a bit too familiar maybe. Because you would have to kind of system it. You have to balance it in such a way. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of like strictly balancing things in, in RTS games. Right. Mm-hmm. But um a bit but I wouldn't object to it. I think, yeah, it does need something like that. It just needs another element to be like, you know, here's the thing that you can play with. Here's the new fun mode to to just keep you going after you finish the campaign. And I did I did think it's a good campaign. Like it's been a while since I was like enthused all the way through an RTS campaign to the end. I very often kind of lose steam towards the like the middle, but but yeah, it, it does need a bit more. It's a real shame. Yeah, it's. I mean, like i i don't want to I don't want to like knock it for deciding what it wants to be, which mm-hmm. is a single player RTS. I just think the mechanics they created. There's so much more you could do with it, and I don't know if they have mm. plans to expand it after launch or to do DLC. I. Th- think their previous games did end up getting dlc i want to double check i those. saw th- i saw one of the devs mention i believe yeah. in a forum that they are they're just they're currently they're, they're having talks about you know what can we add in terms of dlc and they're they're just they're still in the kind of gathering feedback stage of that but it does seem like that yeah they're committed to or at least they're they're in that thing of yeah we've got to decide if we're going to do dlc so we'll probably hear hear about that in the next month or two i'd imagine but when they they didn't specify like I mean, it could just be free expansions or such. They're still, but I think yeah, they're definitely looking at it because it seems to be quite a successful game. So, but I I do hope they add something like doesn't have to be huge. But yeah, actually, like even thinking about it, like it could be fun to play as the bugs, but you don't get direct control. Just things like release a wave here and there, you know, they'll do their own thing. So you kind of have that indirect control to reflect that, you know, you're like the brain bug and they're kind yeah. of animalistic and you don't. You can't, they're not um, organized as such. You can't control them into formations, but you can just release them and trust that they'll do their thing, just directing the tide and so on. Yeah, especially for a versus mode. I think that could be really fun. I was just looking, it's it's the Aristocrats is the actual developer, mm. and they did or- Order of Battle World War II, which got quite a bit of DLC. Mm. Uh, there's, there's $100 of DLC, and that's with it on sale, so... They're backed would... by Slytherin, I think, on there. Yes, or... yeah, Slytherin, Slytherin was the publisher. Yeah, so. they tend to be quite supportive, and they tend to quite encourage DLC and expansions. I think. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I would, I would love to see them try to do more with this, um, mm-hmm. especially in terms of of different modes. Um, and uh, I think, I think that uh, that is probably fairly likely to happen. Mm-hmm. If I were going to speculate, um, yeah, I think I'd say. Yeah, keep an eye. I'll be keeping an eye on that because I mean, I really enjoyed it. Like, um, it's very yeah. often I I finish a game, I think you know what, I'm done. DLC, great, good, but I'm I'm done. But I think yeah, 
I, I, was, I mean, it's arguably a good thing. You know, I was left wanting a little bit more. That's not a bad position to be in. And it's, it's a game I do kind of, I do recommend. Not like it's not going to be the first thing I recommend, but it's like something like, yeah, that was a good game. I think you'd enjoy that. You know, most people who are keen on RTSs will get something out of this, I think. I think even if just because, I mean, I can't think of another game that really does the same thing. Yeah, it's. I think I landed in a very similar place with it, where I, I kind of had an up and down relationship with it the first time through, especially in the earlier half. Like there were some levels where I was just like, this is like, I don't know, this is kind mm-hmm. of mindless. Um, but then as as it gets more difficult toward the end, um, another thing I mentioned in my review is I wish the difficulty settings were a little bit more nuanced mm-hmm. instead of just turning the damage on your guns down, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> which is all that it does like. You know, I would I would rather see difficulty settings that like add more enemies or make Mm. it so they spawn more harder enemies. Um, But then by the end, you know, having sat with it for, I don't know, a week or so now, I was like, yeah, you know, if you're just looking for a good single player RTS at this point, it's you know, I I don't I don't think it's hard to recommend at all, Um, Mm -hmm. especially it has enough going on that's different with like you know the the decision making with the, like the field of fire system um mm. is, is just enough of like a a unique thing that you haven't seen in other rts's that i can say this isn't just going to play like i don't know starcraft or dawn of mm-hmm. war like but with a starship trooper skin over it like actually they they found something compelling and new to do uh mm. with with the, the franchise in particular, I think like, I agree absolutely with everything you said, but like um, I, I like that there's always something to do. Like um, mm-hmm. I never felt like I was just sitting waiting. I mean, very brief there was of waiting for a hive to de- for the deplete, but that was you know that was a quest- case of well, I'm outside the hive and I just need to next way. It was never, I was never just bored. Basically, I was always thinking I've got this to do. I need to be pushing up there. I need to be reinforcing there. I've got to watch out. There was always stuff to be thinking about and doing, which is it's good. It was occasionally a little overwhelming, but that wasn't so much strategically. That was more in terms of what I needed. I knew what I needed to do, but the micro required was just a bit too much in the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I feel similarly, like, looking back on it, like, sitting with it, I kind of liked it more the more I thought about it. Like, I, was, I came out of it enjoying it, and then I left it a few days. I thought, yeah, actually, I really did enjoy that. It was good. Right, especially because... Like, that is kind of an underserved, I think part of why I don't want to knock it for just being, you know, a pretty good single player mm-hmm. RTS campaign is I, I feel like that's kind of a neglected niche these days. Oh, um, absolutely. I'm I'm a huge so. fan of just games that just resist, say, no, we, we're not doing multiplayer. We're just, we're, we're committed to the single player thing. Now, they may add multiplayer in the car and the DLC or something, who knows, but... Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is something that um, is underserved. So I'm always glad to see some, something doing well in there. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts? Anything we, we missed, you think, that uh, is worth mentioning? Um, no, I, I don't think there's anything. It doesn't. It is one of those games. It's like I don't think there's one thing about it that I think is fascinating and I must talk about it, but it's like. There's just a handful of little things that make it interesting, and it does. It's just kind of. I want to say unique, but it kind of is. It's not like absolutely revolutionary, but it's a unique game, mm-hmm. just doing something a little different. And sometimes that's that's enough. 
Right, right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for uh, Starship Troopers Terran Command. Um, three Moves Ahead, as always, is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. Uh, you can go join the conversation over there at idlethumbs.net slash 3MA. We still have forums. Um, uh, they're not very, very heavily used these days, but we do still mm -hmm. have them. Um, we also are supported by listeners just like you on Patreon, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 3MA and... Uh, support the show that way at five dollars and up you get bonus episodes with rob and troy i forget what movies they're doing this this month but they do uh they do a monthly movie pods that is that is uh it's it's always one of the most fun work things i do in any given month is to edit those movie pods because it's it's just so much fun to listen to rob and troy just bs about something uh <laughs> for for an hour or 90 minutes or whatever um, don't encourage them <laughs> uh yeah and uh we're on twitter we're at 3ma um sin do you have anything you want to plug that you've written recently uh not really most of what i'm doing at the moment is available at rock paper shotgun i do an mm -hmm. uh intermittent column called um the rally point on strategy games and oh you have to be a subscriber for it so i wouldn't not for that you need to be sorry you might have to cut this um <laughs> You can you, you know, can plug I, uh, you can plug the uh, the subscription. Well, the, if you there's like. an RP an RP subscription gets you uh, access to among other things something called Scout Report, which is every week I just pick a new game. Well, usually a new game. It's within the last year or two, just of some kind. Just uh, whatever game I'm playing lately that I thought, yeah, this is really interesting in some way. Hopefully, it means it's good. Usually, it means it's good. Sometimes it's just interesting. <laughs> I'll I'll just I'll just bill uh, I'll just bill them for the. Uh... The, the ad spot there no um <laughs> well, it's all good well, if, if, if you wait while they have the <laughs> they become available to non-subscribers after a while anyway so you know, no no need to pay if you don't want if you don't want to or you can't so <laughs> uh fair enough yeah we'll be back soon with another episode of three moves ahead uh so for sin and for myself uh this is uh i guess that's kind of redundant this is len saying good night <laughs>